So the um, theme for the evening uh, uh, talk is from reactivity to uh, equanimity. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so I'll just take the two threads and uh, themes or being well one uh, uh, leading towards the other. So, interesting with the uh, the words and the recollection here, reactivity, of course, is an activity which has been repeated. It's an activity which uh, is being repeated in the present from the past. And these expressions or patterns of uh, reactivity will tell us more about what was and its influence rather than what is. So a teaching lending itself towards liberation is an emergence as much as possible out of reactivity because it's so tied in with the old impressions into an activity and it is quite the challenge for us to be able to recognize what's an action and what is a reaction and sometimes in the three primary expressions of it for ourselves and for others it can be known and felt through heart-mind internal it can be known as well through the language spoken and written and known through the body sometimes felt as impact and sensations through the body or uh, the way we use the body in a reaction, in a reactive state so the vigilance, uh, the mindfulness is to pick up in ourselves is it coming through mind, which includes feelings and heart is it coming through speech, language, words, expressions? Is it coming through the body, impact on the body, or what we do? That's what's meant by uh, uh, the body. But it also requires from us, in this tracking, key concept here, of the old to uh, uh, the present, a certain precision with the mindfulness what are the situations with us or within us in which we are or we have the tendency to be, to be reactive about this we've got to name it's not that we are uh, reactive all the time obviously but there are some situations owing to our lack of clarity and wisdom 
where there is a vulnerability to being reactive and quite often reactive and then reactive again and again and that's the pattern and that's the, and that's the habit. It could be, but not exclusively, with certain people. Sometimes, in a bizarre way, we call them our loved ones. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> anyway, shan't say anything about that. So, sometimes it's with certain people. And that requires the vigilance because of who she, he, uh, they are and their presentation to us can appear to be the spark and the trigger which generates our reactivity. So, regularly in the daily uh, life we meet with people who easily spark it. And of course the three kinds of people in the tradition are the friends, family, the strangers and the unfriendly. But obviously that all three kinds of people can manifest in the same person. Sometimes we think <laughs> Sometimes we, 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 we think we as our friend, we know the person. And then we think, you're just a real stranger to me. I've only lived with you for 30 years. And I really feel I don't know you at all. And it's meant. And sometimes this person who's uh, uh, our, our friend, uh, then is a stranger and also can be unfriendly. But we too can be a friend to another a stranger to another and very unfriendly uh, with another, but also with ourselves as well. Human dynamics can easily go in both directions. So the first expression of following the reactivity, one is to know, are there any which are regular. So earlier today, one example of this um, I mentioned about the pursuit of pleasure and being obsessed and preoccupied with it. Forms of desire, of wanting and needing to get and our peace of mind is dependent on getting what I want. This is a, a form of reactivity. And the stimuluses that come to us in a way, is to trigger that reactivity. Advertising stimuluses. And the stimulus produces the reactivity, which then produces the wanting and the going after. I can't think of anything more, well I can, but tragic in consumerism is watching as I saw on the news a few weeks ago uh, uh, in London, hundreds of people queuing up for the latest iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and not only is the cost 
way out of uh, many pockets, uh, uh, obvi- obvi- obviously. But the habit has led to an addiction, and the addiction is essentially I must have. This is a reaction to a reaction to a reaction, and in the grip of it, uh, there. Negativity uh, and blame and fault finding. One of the people on the retreat said to me, in this case a, a woman, woman, that, bless his soul, the husband was really keen to learn how to cook. Great leap forward. And she agreed. However, he wasn't learning as quickly as she wanted him to learn. (laughs) And the outcome of that, she got more and more impatient with his noble efforts. And the outcome of that, it took away his confidence. And the outcome of that was the food did not taste how she wanted. And the outcome of that, she says, don't bother, you can't cook, I'll do it myself. Whoa. Exactly. Not motivating, not supporting. And the negativity grew. The blame grew. The fault-finding grew. The loss of confidence was the uh, uh, outcome. And after that, she said, he didn't even want to go in the kitchen. So, looking at the reactivity to what is presented to us is important for the welfare of relationship. Just as a small example of it. The questioning of the reality, sorry, the reactivity, is not only for our own clarity and peace of mind, but also it's for the clarity and peace of mind of the other. It's a two-way street. The other, of course, is the, 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 the boredom and the apathy. Quite often... Not, not, not always. Sometimes there's some mental tiredness and it kind of slips into a boredom uh, there. But if boredom is present in consciousness quite a lot, a certain dullness and apathy and indifference, the, a lack of vitality in consciousness, it is usually a mask for some irritation, anger, something else, so to speak, underneath it, which the person isn't expressing. And when we're having difficulty dealing with something, it kind of gets held up or pulled back or pulled in inside. And the outcome of that possibly probably the indifference, the boredom and the apathy and with it an unwillingness to speak 
showing a disinterest. It could be, in this apathy and boredom and indifference, the outcome of the messages which has been coming to that person. Having uh, mind here some of the teenagers and people of all ages, not hearing or receiving what is needed and therefore feeling unwanted or unloved or unappreciated or feeling there's too much pressure on oneself. This easily brings about a contraction. There is an unwillingness easy happens to do an unwillingness to do anything it's a certain kind of depressed condition it comes across as boredom as indifference and it isn't easy to catch that rather heavy state of mind to able to listen to it and these are the situations when some creativity this is in the communication with the other, is really necessary. And the most famous one-liner of the beloved Dharma practitioner, <coughs> Leonard Cohen, of all the one-liners, he has some good ones, but the most famous is, there is a crack in everything, that's where the light gets in. Be grateful I'm not singing it to you. <laughs> and sometimes, in the poetry of the beauty of the language, we have to remember this inwardly. To come out of reactivity and the pattern and the habit of it, to actually ask ourselves there is a crack in everything, that's where the light gets in, where is the crack? And enlightenment is bringing the light, metaphorically, out of the being uh, uh, there. Sometimes there can be so much despair, and so much, you know, with the habits and feeling really low and really, uh, really down. As one person, an addict, uh, said to me in California with this, he said, I'm, I'm living in a very dark tunnel. Sometimes I can see the light, he said to me on the retreat, at the end of the tunnel, but there's a train coming through. That is a pretty despairing image. And he said to me, this is more the, more the dramatic ends of habits and patterns and addiction, he was so much in despair with the addiction. He wanted to kill himself and he didn't have the courage. He said he booked himself in a hotel room. He rang up, I think it's 911 in the US, the, the uh, emergency services, and shouted down the phone 
I'm sitting in the bed in room number dada, in this hotel, in this street, and I've got a gun in my hand, and the first person who comes through that door, I'm going to shoot. That's what he shouted down to the operator, he told me. The police were there, pretty quick. And they came armed, and, when he, and he had, he's sitting on the bed, facing the door, he told me, and he had a water pistol in his hand. And he thought the police would come and see the water pistol and the act of self-defence would shoot him and kill him and then his life was over and he didn't have to do it himself. <laughs> and the policeman pulled the trigger. And he pulled the bullet and out came the water. Uh, there. The policeman pissed himself, well you can imagine the tension and, and the pressure this is the point and the police, and he that's, that's right, I won't mention his name, his friend said to me that in the pulling of uh, uh, the trigger uh, and uh, uh, want, uh, wanting to die he said to the policeman I'm supposed to be dead. And the policeman said to him, in my gun, I leave the first chamber, the bullets, empty, because I don't want to shoot out of reaction. <laughs> and he said, I forgot to put the bullet in the first chamber, and that's why you're alive. Heavy. Heavy for the policeman. Both of the two policemen. And for uh, the guy in the retreat. And this relationship to mm, events. And sometimes, like with the good police officer, One small change in the relating to can have a significant effect, certainly on his life, certainly on the person at the end of his gun, uh, there. And he had, as I mentioned, the preparation, he would not have a bullet in the first chamber, he didn't want to act out of reaction. And it's a kind of fact, that's one thing, but also a reminder to uh, uh, all of us in our listening and response to find some space there so that that space enables a communication which is not charged with the reaction. We need some space. And the finding of space in all the ways that uh, uh, we find. One is that the space means that the recent past, the reactive past, doesn't have to explode so rapidly into the present because we're really meditating, reflecting, experiencing, 
working with space in our in our life and to expand out the space because in an expanded space there is less contraction and less tightness and less fear and control about the inner life and therefore there's less likelihood of a major reaction. Strong reactions come because something has been building up and it has been justified. Every time. The thought is the measurement of the reaction. And when there's some building up and there is a reactivity too, the thought keeps giving the justification for the reactivity. And sometimes after the reactivity, whatever it might be about, I went to the shops and I spent far too much, I really got irritated and angry with this person, it wasn't fair on her or him, I, was, I got low, I was, I was bored and indifferent and apathetic, but I realised there was something irritating me, but the outcome was that I just withdrew from other people and was sulking and moody, uh, etc. I was anxious about this, and I kept thinking about my anxiety, and I kept increasing it, etc. So, the exploration, mindfulness there, as mentioned, is to really watch and know ourselves, where are we most likely, and in what environment are we most likely to be reactive. And if we can do some, find some spaciousness and uh, preparation, it may also mean at times that, of course, you and I can find ourselves reactive and we did not see it coming. We went, whoa. And sometimes we say, where did that one come from? Whatever uh, it, it, uh, it, it may be. And sometimes it only takes a, um, a, a moment. I'm going to give a, a, an example. Example. Um, one was, when my daughter was young, she was on the sofa, small baby, and I was with my parents in their place, and our little uh, daughter was rolling around on the sofa and nearly rolled off the sofa. And I shouted out, because I wasn't near the sofa, Quick! She's going to hurt herself. Like that. And in the very moment, this reaction with the loud voice came out. I remembered in the moment, this was the exact words and the exact tone of voice and the exact same kind of reactivity I got from my father a thousand times. Don't do this. Watch out, you'll hurt yourself. And he went, whoa, that's where it came from. And his level of anxiety was so high 
due to the war and the trauma of, of, of everything that's on the war, that even in my teens, I mean, I'm 15, 16, 17, he would, I would go to put the plug in the wall, the electric plug. Don't do it, you'll hurt yourself. I mean, it's pretty high-level anxiety. <laughs> and sometimes the impact of the old... This is why he said, I'm a meditation teacher. Don't have to use the hands. He said, <laughs> that's why he said, now I know why you teach meditation. You didn't have to use these, so you, don't, you can't hurt yourself. <laughs> Who am I to argue? <laughs> so, sometimes, in the impact as I say, of the old, uh, is, uh, uh, it, um, uh, the impact. The inner and the outer dynamic. We are mindful of the inner, internal. We are mindful of the external, whatever uh, that, may, 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 that may be. And in that, that uh, consciousness and uh, reflection is, is to take the power out of the reaction. And I just need to be sharp enough, what is the small necessary change for that to happen? What is the change? And we have to dwell on what is the change. When we don't, we either get into the psychology, why am I like this, da da da, why from my father, da da da, whatever it might be in that way. So we start running into the past there. Or if we don't do that, with the reactivity, we start giving ourselves a hard time. I should not have, why did I, I should have. And that belongs to the reactivity. It is part of the reactivity. And we imagine and think that I should have, why didn't I, I could have, <coughs> is some kind of independent, objective viewpoint about the situation. Oh, I reacted, I shouldn't have reacted, and look what's happened. That is the reaction talking. It's full of idealism. It's charged with projections. It's got all these demands upon how I should be. And that's those very same words are very similar about ourselves, we probably have used them for years. The same kind of tone, the same reactivity, the same guilt, the same fault-finding, the same feelings not being good enough, or the same comparing, superior, inferior. And Whoa, this has been going on for a long time, and the I is in it. So coming out of that, Towards, I haven't forgotten equanimity, by the way. <laughs> coming, out, coming out of 
coming out of that, rather than I, I, me, me, my, my, why am I? It is looking very clearly at the reactivity. Sometimes it does require from us an apology to the other, uh, which may need to go with it. And to really ask the more important question, not why am I, but what is the change which is necessary to practice and apply? That's the question. Not why am I, not a, psycho, not a psychology that might be helpful, but what is the change that's going to be able to respond with a wise action rather than a reaction? And sometimes we can learn, quite often in fact, from others and appreciate that there might be an area or areas in our life where we are reactive and sometimes we have the privilege of meeting others <coughs> who don't have that pattern and just not reactive and we can listen and learn from her and him uh, and then because they're, they're not in that kind of pattern it's not who, the, who they are and she or he may not be able to uh, explain the absence of the pattern if we, however, just spend some time with those who are not like us, <laughs> something might rub off <laughs> and we get a little sense of things uh, of, of, of a different way. Just by being in touch and in the company of the non-like-minded. <laughs> with those who are blessed not to have what we have. <laughs> and there are some really precious people around and we can listen and learn uh, a lot about the way people can handle situations which we can struggle with. That's the, the blessing of the diversity of, the, of our species. <laughs> the word equanimity. <clears throat> now, one of the key, uh, uh, of the many uh, features of the, of the teachings, it is uh, used in a wide variety of circumstances. The, the sense of its uh, importance comes, just to take some examples with the Buddha here, um, it appears... Uh, um, in the um, in the powers of the heart and mind, there it's spoken of and referred to in the depths of the heart, the finding of God within, Brahma Vihara, uh, there. So it's given the same beautiful significance as love, friendship, kindness, compassion appreciative joy and equanimity. Mm -hmm. it, in seven 
limbs of awakening. So there's the full body of awakening. Uh, and awakening is the awakening of heart, mind, speech and body. The freeing up of, of it all. Fearless living. And in those seven limbs, like the body has the limbs, two arms, two legs, hands and blah blah. And mindfulness is at first, and, and inquiry, and happiness, and calm, and uh, energy. And one of them is equanimity. How precious apart. In deep meditations, when they go into deep absorptions, one once again has this reference to the importance of uh, equanimity. So, in some of the important threads and themes... There is this regular reminder and the two metaphors which are used with regard to it, one I just said, to be a symbol of equanimity, to be the mountain in the hurricane, to stay steady no matter what goes on all around us. And um, uh, 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 the other, in clear, unambiguous uh, language of the Buddha, um, sentient beings, he says, shit and piss on the earth, and the earth doesn't complain about it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, the monks always like that one, anyway. <laughs> And it's a certain straightforwardness in which the equanimity there is in relationship, as a practice, to the past and to uh, the present. And in its relationship uh, uh, to the past, it might require from us a genuine quiet commitment and determination to be steady as a practice in relationship to what has happened or not happened if we wished it to be that the steadiness in relationship to the uh, uh, to the old, that may require some insights and understanding about. You've had a difficult time in your life, major health issues, trauma, loss of job, mistakes were made. Persons and people and others walk out of your uh, uh, life. One feels a real sense of loss and uh, mistakes and errors of judgment and feelings of hurt, pain, anguish and disappointment. Um, Feeling some sense of being a victim of what others may have done or did do or or whatever, we may, in the course of the life, gone through a great deal. It may, 
in similar or dissimilar circumstances re-arise memory something similar happens around it comes out as a nightmare in the dream in the night hours and much much more and our mind it may know the facts this happened or shouldn't have happened or didn't happen or I wanted it to whatever but the mind may not give the equanimity just the mind is thinking about it and the senses it's unresolved and the change to resolve the past will require at some point in it the equanimity to look at the past and to know and to be clear this no longer has a grip over my life this no longer has the grip over my life and when one is looking with the firm intention to be really equanimous about the old it may have required sharing about it, yes it may have required communication, yes may have required an acknowledgement which brings about the tears and the anguish and the disappointment and the hurt, uh, yes or the release of all the, uh, the feelings and experiences to go through all of that, uh, yes but at some point there is the clarity which is needed having shared it sometimes just with oneself opened up to it often with the other or the others but at some point one has to say enough is enough there's to be some point there where it's going from sharing communicating and knowing about and recognizing that and to know when to stop because if not it becomes self-indulgence it becomes a reason to blame all the circumstances in the present on the past oh. and unfortunately that happens far too often and the equanimity, not easy, is how can I handle well the old, recent years gone by, decades gone by, with equanimity? What would give support to being open about it and communicating about it? This major main campaign of the women, the Me Too campaign, and uh, much, much more. And from that openness and connection and finding the equanimity to repeat a little bit there is some point where one has gone into this long enough and therefore the events and the story will require some equanimity and sometimes it needs the good wisdom and good counsel of the other to say enough is enough. And the quiet 
determination for that that when that equanimity is well established even if we only understand some of what happened or a little or a lot but when that equanimity is well established in Dharma language in which it's no longer able to have an impact on our life in Dharma language it is referred to as the end of the karma about that situation or that habit or that pattern or that reactivity the karma of it that means the consequences keep repeating in the present the karma of it has finished and human beings are and the best of us are deeply interested in the ending of karma that means the old unresolved reactivity landing in the present <coughs> one of the major expressions of karma here in small ways in relationship to uh, equanimity yeah. the practice our meditations are a uh, really can be a uh, help but also the tiny little events of uh, 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 of the of the daily life so lots of little things in the day to day easily agitate us all sorts of things isn't it and events here of, of course the minefield um, but all, all also the wantings and the waitings and the not liking and the disapproving and this and that which can go on with us and quite often it's the dynamic of the feelings and the thoughts I'm not sure at I haven't one can get rid so to speak of all the unpleasant feelings about situations I, I don't buy it you know, don't have this romantic view that we're all going to live pleasantly ever after so though the feeling about the situation may be quite strong Tangible and can feel it in the body and feel it in the mind. Saying unpleasant and, and satisfactory and, and all, all of that going on. To me, lots of situations are worthy of that feeling. The feeling itself is not a reaction. So, though whatever it might it might be, you know, somebody says something rather nasty and cruel and unkind uh, to us, uh, or some something happens that there's the unpleasant sensation, the unpleasant feeling, and there can be a immediate 
response, the unpleasant feeling. To me, the re- confirmation of the reactivity would be the way of thinking about it afterwards or during it. it the thought tends to be, you know, it, you know um, uh, um, a few days uh, ago, um, I um, where was I coming? Anyway, I, ba- I banged my head uh, there, and between the sensation of banging my head, the first thing that came out of the mouth was "Oh shit." <laughs> which is not a word that I use very frequently, I have to say. And the sensation to the word, there wasn't the tiniest speck of space, like sensation, oh, shit, Uh, like that. I don't, frankly, regard it as a reaction. (laughs) Others might say they might even, even be shocked. Uh, or have some high ideal of a spiritual teacher would never use these kind of words and we know blah 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 uh, but to me it's not the, the immediacy of the one word there is what follows on from it what's the view that's going on with it yeah they shouldn't have put that lamppost there <laughs> whatever whatever it might it might be or what, however and it's kind of being normal, being healthy. Sometimes things come out of our mouth, as the example given. Sometimes there's significant unpleasant feelings uh, around. However, they get intensified through the way of thinking, and quite often in the thinking, there will be centre stage, either I and my or you, or them. A lot of it in the reactivity is I and my, you or them. And we just need enough vigilance when we are uh, reactive. And therefore our practice, uh, I hope you're not getting too bored here, with our practice sometimes the small little things of equanimity quietly building uh, an inner strength inside of us. Sometimes things are not as we wish. Breathe in, breathe out, stay quietly steady in the moment. Something we need to do, we're not quite sure how it will turn out, but we remember. However it turns out, let me find the let me be equanimous about how it turns out. If one knows one's heart's in a good place uh, with it. So we take a real ongoing interest in finding ways as human beings to be steady in the face of. And as I repeat again, we benefit immensely from the others who sometimes show extraordinary resilience understand the word resilience Mm. extraordinary capacity in the midst of challenges far greater perhaps than you and I have ever met and are able just to stay steady with it 
and they are some of the you know, the gods of the earth with regard to this. Yeah. So if we say, I'm working with the reactivity, I'm exploring space, making allowances for being uh, human, uh, I'm going to watch carefully the thought patterns, which and the I, my, you and them, which easily so easily feeds that. I'm not going to confuse shoulds and musts and ought tos as some kind of clarity, but see it more probably as a reaction, and less of the I and my about all of this, and a little bit more seeing what is it that needs to be seen and understood, giving that much more priority, what needs to be changed or uh, developed, and then finally, in the little things of life where we can catch reactivity and fear or anxiety or blame, say, okay, right, in this small little thing, this is going to be a practice to stay really steady, just in this small thing, and the being will respond to it, and with that response to it as a practice, we can then look at the past, enough is enough, with going over it. Whatever that might be about loss and separation and challenges and trauma and forgetfulness and all the other things, enough is enough there. So that then gives us the opportunity to really get on with our life. Let's know ourselves. Let's be clear about the reactivity. Let's really explore uh, equanimity. The Buddha gave it equal significance mm-hmm. in life as love, mm-hmm. as compassion, as joy, appreciative uh, uh, joy there. And I know, of course, I might have some monks in mind here and nuns and others. They may not show a great deal of love and friendliness and compassion and joy uh, uh, in their life. And some, and, and in our culture and society as well, they're kind of quiet embodiments of equanimity. They just express it in the being. Just, they don't, as we say in English, they don't flap. And it's that flappable. <laughs> you know, like birds. Like, they stay steady. They, 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 certain people are very, in their equanimity, actually very, very uh, reliable. And we need these good pillars uh, there who are quite steady and who don't panic when we meet with them and talk. Uh, talk with them and and sometimes more than what we realise we too may be a reference point a central point and quite often in relationship uh, in life most people re- really need someone in, la- in, the la- in their life 
who can stay steady for them. If, we, if the person can't find that equanimity and steadiness in themselves, then the person will almost certainly need someone out there in this world who can be present and steady. That means equanimity. There. Who is a reference, who is a support, who is a figure who will be steady and faithful to that steadiness. And that then gives some opportunity for the person who's worried or panicking or upset or angry. Say, oh, someone around, there is someone there for me. And you and I, in our roles in life, we may be that person for another or others. And, we, and that's, that's equanimity. And like when the Buddha spoke, uh, this is one of the most famous sentences of all where he uses the word metta. He said, blame, sometimes intense blame is called hatred, and negativity, a form of blame. So that's an umbrella concept. He says, blame, that's attacking and finding fault and putting down, does not end with blame. He says, blame ends with non-blame. It often gets translated as blame ends with love. But he doesn't say that. He's not so ambitious. He's, to put it in the language of the evening, there may be situations, and um, I, I kind of regularly I take comfort in this, statement there are regular situations in life I've got um, certain uh, uh, politicians uh, 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 in mind I, I forget that guy he's in the White House and uh, a few others there where I remember this with the Buddha blame does not end with blame it ends with non-blame and I find this very comfortable because I don't have to say to myself blame ends with love. <laughs> it's a great relief. <laughs> Just live without the blame. See what steps we can, can make. Mm. Uh, uh, we do not have to love everybody in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Surely that's the best news of the evening. <laughs> All right, let's have our quiet minute, shall we? <laughs> be clear about the time and place of uh, reactivity.
may all beings engage in non-reactive ways. May all beings realize the divine element of equanimity. Thank you for lending an ear. Time is uh, 8.40 and some uh, walking time. If the bell ringer would kindly uh, ring the bell at uh, uh, 9 o'clock. And as mentioned, uh, put your good name, three of you, on the piece of paper there. with as much equanimity as possible <laughs> for the wake-up. And at nine o'clock with the bell ringing, then at five minutes past nine, uh, sitting together through till 9.30 in the hot drink. Thank you.